Welcome to Work Woman. It is an exciting day because I have my first guest of 2022 and my first guest ever on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. This is Apollonia Rockwell and she is going to drop some serious bombs. I know this because I have pretty much watched every one of her YouTube videos. I have fully stalked her. You guys are in for a treat today on this Work Woman podcast episode. Apollonia, it is awesome to have you on the show. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm so excited to be here. I just talking offline. I think we have so much in common already. And so, so yes, yeah, super, super excited to be here. What got you to be a small business owner to begin with? Like what was your, what was your inspiration? Oh my goodness. Well, I had been fascinated with oil and gas, the industry. My dad was in this industry. Um, you know, taking it even before then is my, the first funeral that I ever went to was my dad's best friend and who died on a drilling rig here in Colorado. And his son was in the third grade with me at the time. And our dads were like the coolest guys ever. I mean, they worked in the oil and gas industry, but like they would come to do like field trips with us. And they had like mullets and cut off shirts and their jeans tucked in their boots. And they were just the coolest rock stars. They were the cool rock stars. And I'll just, they, I'll just never forget that. And I I wish I could pull up this picture um, or find it from my, my third grade yearbook. And yeah, I'll just never forget my dad told me that Marty had passed away had, um, on the job. And it just struck me that like my dad, who I think is my superhero, like the rock star of my life, that he could go home and he could go to work and not come home. You know, that I didn't even know that that was the deal. Like, okay, so people are dying at work. I just didn't understand that. So I was always really interested in what my dad did in the industry, interested why people hated safety. And then when I was in college, I worked for an oil and gas company doing their safety program. And then what led me to start the business is one day a company called me and said, Hey, I have a guy in my pickup truck here. And he mangled both of his hands off and we're from North Dakota. We don't, we're not from here. Do you know where the local hospital is at? And I was like, yeah. So I helped them with their accident investigation. And that's how true safety was born (laughs) is because I just started consulting and helping small businesses uh, build their safety programs because people had no idea what they were doing. So yeah, it's kind of wild. It's been wild ever since then, actually. I'm I'm sure like build building a business to begin with. Oh, there's the I think and just for the listeners, we are having a tiny Wi-Fi malfunction issues. I will stop it if it gets too terrible, but um you know, this might be a fun conversation where we accidentally interrupt each other, but no worries, we're we're gonna keep pushing on. Um so when it comes to like that's just the wildest story, but I love that you started this business out of something that was a something very personal to you, but also it's like the personal story of the the third grade experience. And then also this event happening in college, you're like, yeah, I can, I can help. What gave you in that moment, like the confidence to say, I see a problem and 
me, Apollonia, I can be the person that can help provide a solution. I was working for a safe, uh, in the safety department for this oil and gas company at the time. So I'm in college and I had taken their program already to the next level. And the reason I felt confident in doing that was through a ton of trial and error. I mean, I just, I knew that safety could be done differently and I just didn't know what that looked like, but I just worked at it and I realized that safety was about people. I mean, you can imagine, just imagine truck drivers. I had, I had a uh, truck driving department. I had a welding shop. I had a roustabout crew, which is guys out in the field. So I had all these guys and I'm like, how am I going to convince these guys that, that safety is cool, that like safety is the way to go. And I, I, I did it the wrong way. And then I just started to figure out like safety is about people. And if you, if you learn about their stories and the reason why people do what they do, and if you're curious enough to ask them questions, then you could really make an impact if it's their idea. You can make an impact if these people actually feel and believe that you care about them. So after working at this company and evolving their safety program, then that gave me the confidence that when this company called and had this accident, I just had the confidence at that time that I, I would be able to help them just because I, I was doing it already at my job. Can you tell me some of the wrong ways? As soon as you said, you know, I tried to make safety cool and it wasn't working and like the trial and error what were some of the errors that you originally made that you're now thinking, oh, if I only would have known that then I would have just sped up the time to have been successful just a little bit sooner. Not that it took a very long time, but just to get that earlier experience. Well, you'll re you might be able to relate to this. I'm not sure, but it's, it's, it's fun talking to a girl actually about this is I'll never forget that job. I did my first safety meeting. So again, I have truck drivers, welders, the guys in the field, you know, um, experience, not experience, but everyone's like a, a master at their trade. Right. So I'm up there in front of the room doing a safety meeting and I'll never forget my boss. I, I did the safety meeting and my boss was like this big, tough, rough, tough guy. He brings me back and he's like, Apollonia, um, how did you think you did on that safety meeting? I was like, well, I think I knocked it out of the park. I think I did great. And he said, okay. He said, why don't you record yourself doing the next safety meeting? And then you'll know exactly what not to do moving forward. Cause it was <sighs> so fucking bad. This <laughs> is what he told me. No way. <laughs> Oh, okay. Record myself so I can do the exact opposite. Okay. Yeah, no problem. But oh my God. I mean, I laugh about it now, but I mean, he was, he, my boss was tough on me, but it was the best thing for me. And some of the things that I did, the trial and error pieces, I would, in my, in my profession, were safety, right? So I'm trying to take companies and get them in OSHA compliance. Well, that takes people. And I, I was talking at the crowd, you know, I was talking at the company. I would have my regulations and I would, you know, spew and try to see what, what stuck. And what I realized was like, I'm never going to be the subject matter expert, welder, truck driver. Yeah. So what I needed to do to be more effective, like I was never going to have 
20 years experience in the field. So I'm not going to have this like, you know, field experience like these guys would. So what do I need to do? And I realized that I just needed to group everybody up. I needed to break everybody up and start getting their feedback and be open that they would be able to teach me something versus me teaching them something. And so we would, I would group everybody up and say, okay, like, all right, what incidents did we have last year at this time? And so that way the veterans of the company could teach the, the newcomers and, you know, it would be, it, I just realized it was my job to facilitate conversation. I didn't need to be like the subject matter expert. I just needed to get the guys to talk. How do I get the guys to talk? And was that first presentation you just like, when you look back, did you watch it and were you like, a little cringy because I've made more presentations like that than I care to admit. And it's terrifying watching it. Or was it your boss being a little too harsh? And you're like, Oh, that wasn't actually that bad, but I could tweak it. Uh, no, he was completely right. I oh, mean, I, I was, he was, he was super right. I, I was <laughs> teaching about first aid versus asking, you know, this, this is what I just, what I found to be the most effective versus versus asking the guys, hey, what first aid incidents has this company experienced? Hey, has anybody um, been on the job site where somebody's been injured and there's been blood? Like, let's talk about it. What did you do? What was the emergency response plan? What incidents did we have last year and how could we prevent that from, from happening again? And when it's their idea and when they're in group sessions and they're like, oh yeah, well, Johnny fell off a ladder last year. This is what we could have done to prevent it versus me coming up with all the solutions and me, you know, telling the team what to do. So, so smart. My dad always told me growing up, um, people tend to support the ideas they create. So how do you create an environment where people are creating ideas and then they support it instead of you pushing them towards those solutions? That exact, your dad was so spot on. I mean, like from exactly what he said, for an example, I was having a really hard time with the guys wearing their PPE in the shop. Like I would have, have, have them, like, it was like a really hard time to have them wear the appropriate face shield and the safety glasses. And so one day, I just talked to one of the guys, one of like the leaders in the shop, kind of like the guy that led the pack, even though he didn't have the title, he was like the influencer. He was like really important. And I was like, Hey, you know, help me out. Like, how do I get these guys to wear their safety glasses in the shop? Like when I say it, they don't really wear them. Like, what can I do? And he was like, well, Apollonia, like the face shields that we have, like they don't like they suck you know, my old company, we had this brand and I was like, Oh, okay. You know, if I got the budget approved and we got the face shields that you liked, would, you know, would you help me get these guys to wear them? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. So then I went to the boss, we got the face shields all approved. And then sure enough, I mean, he took ownership in that because it was his idea. They were his face shield. So every time I left the shop, it didn't matter. He would make sure that the guys were wearing their, you know, their safety glasses and their face shield, their appropriate PPE. He would be the one that would implement it because it was his idea. So that was, yeah, that's very spot on. How did you, or did you have issues with overcoming a lack of confidence or did you always feel like you just knew what you were doing and there was this easy cadence for you? I'm just like, I, 
I can't imagine how you've overcome all of this over the last decade. I really, really struggled at first. I mean, it was, I was intimidated to go out in the field and um, I had a Jetta when I was working at that company and like driving my Jetta out to location and I would wear my hard hat and, and I would just be out there and I would, I would be so intimidated for sure. And it just took a while to understand that I just needed to like my job, if I could have just given myself this advice, it would have saved me a lot, (laughs) but my job was to build relationships. And I didn't know that at first I didn't know, I thought it was, you know, all eyes on me. So I'm, you know, I need to be the best safety expert. I need to know all the regulations. I need to know, but it's like, actually they could care less if I knew anything about safety. Mm-hmm. It was more, am I there to, do I actually care? Like, do mm-hmm. I actually care about their families? Um, their wives, the kids, if I could tell them like, Hey, wear your safety glasses. Like you're going to want to see little Benjamin grow up, but you know, on his second birthday, Hey, put your safety glasses on. You want to be there for, um, this weekend's event. Like if once I knew those things and I knew about their families and I cared about them enough, then they knew that Apollonia is not just out here to be a safety cop. She's not just out here to show me that she's smarter than me or whatever. Like she genuinely cares about my family. And so that came, that all happened because I I had to have a curious approach and I had to, you know, talk to them um, when we weren't in the field, you know, before hours, after hours, really getting to know them. And so I think that's where it started, but no, I was, very, very intimidated at first. What was your self-talk? Like when you felt intimidated, intimidated, like what were you saying to yourself to allow you to wake up to your alarm that morning, to get ready, to put the hard hat on, to drive there? Like what, do you have anything that you would say like over and over again of like, oh, this, like I can do this or whatever that might be for you? Yeah, gosh. I mean, that's a good question. I didn't really have anything that I would like tell myself over and over, okay. but maybe it was more like my dad and my mom, they, they had and have extreme work ethic. And okay. when I got my job at that, at this company that I'm referring to, when I first got it, I talked to my boss and I said, okay, like I'm in safety what am I supposed to do? And I'll also never forget. He was like, figure it the fuck out. (laughs) That's what you need to do. I'm going to grab my charger really quick. And, um, I was like, Oh, figure it the F out. Got it. Got it. And I, that's when you start saying that to yourself. Just come on and just figure it out. Yeah. I called my mom crying in my jet and I was like, mom, my boss is terrible. And she's like, you better figure it the F out too. So I think that like my parents, maybe their words always just rang in me of like, you just need to figure it out. Like Mm. you just need to keep going. Like there is no quitting. There's no, you know, feeling sorry for myself. (laughs) No, it was just like, keep going keep going. So cool. I love that. It's, it's, I think really helpful for people to hear what it took because most people, I think most people listen to this podcast are like in this process of likely having to 
separate from friends that aren't serving them, relationships that aren't serving them, bad habits. But when you're about to make that decision or when you're a few days in or maybe a few weeks into just making a change in your life, like you want to hear that other people have made these sacrifices too. And so hearing you, like I'd love to fast forward to today and the hiring challenges, but I think it makes it really real for people that it's not like you just showed up one day and showed up today in 2022 and everything's just peachy and glorious. Like it actually, there were, there's just a lot of stuff that you have to overcome in order to lean into opportunities. And it doesn't just happen because it's easy. It happens because you had to have a lot of hard conversations with yourself and confront yourself in what you were scared of or what you're intimidated intimidated by. So it makes me feel good that A, I'm not the only one. B, I know this audience is listening, thinking, okay, great, she's like me. We can relate on these things. Um, so to fast forward to today, can you tell us a little bit about what your business does, how many team members you have, uh, and why you love doing what you do? Oh my gosh. Yes. So we're at a Greeley, Colorado and true safety. We, we pretty much help companies get an OSHA compliance. Um, we do that through safety training and we do that through safety consulting. Um, and on the training side, we do that now, now post COVID, we do that all types of ways. We have virtual training, online training on demand and in person still too. So uh, we have 12 full-time team members and uh, still climbing our way back up to pre-COVID number. We almost had 20 team members full-time. And we are, it's, it's crazy. We, we still serve uh, primarily construction and oil and gas companies. We work with manufacturing and trucking businesses as well but it's a whirlwind. I mean, it's crazy every single day, but we do a lot of, a lot of training right now, a lot of classes. So for an example, listeners, we do like fall protection, heavy equipment classes, confined space classes, has Whopper, first aid CPR AED um, for any oil and gas listeners, safe land. So we do a lot of training and a lot of on-site stuff. And so you've started this business, you have 12 team members, you had 20. Walk me through your best hiring experience and maybe your worst hiring experience. Best hiring experience, best hiring experience. Um, I would say most recently we really honed in on like our, our core values, not the not the core values that you kind of throw up and throw up on the board and nobody really knows what those are, but yeah. we re I took the time to really reflect on like who I'm made at, like what makes me, because that makes the business and who are we trying to, what are these core fundamentals? And so recently we've been hiring based off of those, you know, as best as we can, it's never perfect, but asking questions like, how do you, like ownership is a big deal for me. Like I take hundred percent ownership in everything in my life I love that. always, you know? And so just kind of asking more around those questions. So that's, that's been good hiring experience. It's not just the candid like box questions. So that's been fun. And then the worst hiring experience, I mean, geez, it goes as far as hiring somebody and then they don't like work out the next day, like the very following day afterwards. I've had that. I've had the person that 
yeah, like is onboarded and we send them through a bunch of training and then they dip out, they peace out. That was great. It's like we're seven grand in the hole with somebody. That was fantastic. So fun. Um, yeah, it's been sometimes it doesn't work out. But totally. Yeah. Just recently had somebody that we brought on for one of the businesses and our recruiter had conversations with this individual all the way up into the Sunday before. That's kind of our standard protocol as we call them the day before to ensure that they understand parking and what to do on their, their first day. So there just isn't any confusion. And the next day just literally didn't show up. There was no phone call. There was no email. I mean, I'm like still to this day, I'm worried about is this person still alive? Like the interview was so amazing. Yeah. It's like, what happened? And you just, you just don't know. It's just part of the process. I like that. You're just like, I just roll with it because you've experienced enough to where things just don't necessarily shock you any longer. Nothing shocks me anymore. Like nothing. It's a, you know what? Yeah. Off, off topic conversation, um, or offline conversation I'll have with you after this. So got it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, Hiring, um, a lot of the, a lot of the people that listen to this are business owners. And one of the things I specifically help them with is how do you find people in a post pandemic, but still like the great resignation time that we're living in, uh, and I would assume with the industry that you're in that you experience just talent challenges for finding people who are excited and motivated and, and ready to be all passionate and show up to your business to help you every single day. How have you kind of combated those issues that just the marketplace has created over the past 18 months? Honestly, you know, to keep it real, to keep it 100% real, some of the things that we're doing today is... Um, we are recently, for an example, hiring for a safety position that checks all the boxes with these qualifications. And we're just not finding this person that has the right culture fit. And these last two team members, what we've done is we're just training from within. Like we have, when we have A plus team members, but their skills and qualifications aren't there. You know, I know you hear about this all the time, but it's I'm just keeping it real on what we're doing. We're just investing into the team yep. because we have, because right now we have a group of hungry, passionate, like super loyal to the brand type of people. I mean, just some incredible humans. And so they're saying, Hey, I have my hand raised. Like I would like to go to the next level yeah. instead of you hiring Apollonia. This is what they tell me. Like, instead of you hiring somebody Apollonia that has like a super high salary for this position, like just like invest in me. Like I will, you know, gladly take these classes and do the, do whatever it takes. So we've been, um, we've been taking that route and it's been working. Amazing. I love that. That's so awesome. I'm such a big fan of having team members. Most of our leadership team actually here in this business have been working. One of them has worked with my husband now for 15 years. She's transitioned through three different businesses with him and all of them. There's, I think, nine team members. We have about 80. There's nine team members that have made some sort of transition. And every one of them, it was like they started a coordinator role making 30,000 or 40,000 something that is a very entry-level position and have moved into 
director level roles, vice president roles, and to be able to provide that opportunity for people. It's like, those are the people that you, you can lean into. It's not that you can't bring in new great talent, but I think a lot of business owners just go wrong when they think, oh, I'm just going to hire this really experienced person and, and plop them in my culture and expect that everything's going to get fixed because oftentimes not only does it not get fixed, but it gets worse because they have their ideas and then you trusted them. Have you had any of those experiences where you thought, oh, this person's just going to save everything and then it just didn't exactly work out as planned? Yes. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've experienced that, you know, just wanting to hire everybody, hiring somebody that checks the box on what we're looking for, like checks every single box and they're going to come in and save the day. And for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. Maybe it was us and maybe it was just their, their circumstance. I mean, um, and you just have to, you just have to roll with it and just have to keep keep going. When it comes to learning new things and as you grow your business, I'm sure today you are still challenged with things that you're like, I've never had to do this before. I, I don't know how to necessarily do this. What is your process for when you're dealing with something? You're like, okay, great. I don't know how to do this. How do you take the next steps to figure out how to do the thing that you don't know how to do? I'm big in always learning and growing and, you know, being curious, like genuinely curious. I'm, I'm the first to, to raise my hand and say that I don't know something. Like I'm the first to call a friend, to call a business mentor. I mean, like I have, um, like you said, the, the listeners are probably business owners or, or leaders. And, um, you know, I have my, probably my three go-to business mentors and okay. so one thing that helps me shortcut, you know, bad ideas or trial and errors is that I have these mentors in different categories of my life. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure you do too. Like these are my life, life mentors. These are my business mentors. Um, and this is like relationship mentors. And so I have those people in my life that, you know, that I could always call on and go to. So I think that's important that's always been really important to me is, is mentorship. So just to dig a little bit deeper into that, um, if somebody's listening to this and like, I would love to have a mentor to call. I don't currently have a mentor to call. How do, how would you recommend they go about getting these mentors and how did you go about finding these people in your life? I found great people because I decided to be great in that moment and, Mm -hmm. and mentors, good mentors will find you like that. Good mentors aren't going to find you when you're at the house eating cheeseburgers on the weekend. Mm. Like, nope. <laughs> you know, it's fighting you there. I was taking all these classes and I decided to like stand out in my class and, and be the one that was like, you know, super involved and asking questions and, and staying instead of on the breaks, like on Facebook the whole time I was, I was, Hey instructor, I've, I have more questions. Yeah. So like I stood out and so, so great people ended up finding me because I, 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 you know, took the courage to be, to step outside of my comfort zone and I found these people. So that was one business mentor. And, you know, if you don't have mentors right now, that's okay. I've always heard too, if you don't have a mentor right in front of you, listen to an amazing book, like Mm. find a damn good book and you Mm. will listen to great mentors and the legends 
yeah. in the business space. And that can be your mentor. What's your favorite book? Be obsessed or be average. No way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really no is. Like it is. Yeah. I, when I'm like, when I've gone through my podcast that I've listened to and I'm, and I'm up to date on all of them and I just yeah. need something to listen to any like noise in the background, I will definitely listen to be obsessed or be out. How crazy. I didn't even know. So just for the listeners, I mean, the listeners know, um, I talk about Grant often, uh, and obviously with Cardone Ventures, you know, the, the business that I'm in day to day has his last name. So I didn't know that she knew who Grant was. Apparently she went to the first two growth cons, which if you know my story, I went to the third growth con. So I feel like we just missed each other, but luckily, you know, uh, fate has a funny way of connecting people. That is so cool. I Be Obsessed or Be Average is one of my favorites. I loved, I started with Seller Be Sold. And so for me, that book is just that just, it will always be my favorite grant book, but I can't really pick because all of them just are talking to a different audience or a different place in your life. Sometimes you need to be sold on something. Sometimes you need to learn how to market something, which for me, that's his book. If you're not first, you're last. Anyway, that's so crazy. That makes me so happy that you're a grant fan. Yes. All the way. Yeah. People thought I was nuts, like going out to that Miami conference and it changed, it changed the direction of the business, I must say. It was, it was super eye-opening. That is amazing. Okay, well, that makes me so happy. Honestly, probably just made my day. So I have a few other questions. You're a female in business. This is a podcast called Work Woman, although a lot of my listeners are men, um, but there's a commonality between people who just want to either grow in their career or are business owners. What are some of the challenges that you have faced that you think are different and unique to you as a female instead of just being you as a business owner? I, I try to dissect this a lot. And, and I try to think to myself, is this a female thing or is this an Apollonia thing? Yeah. I think maybe, um, I don't know if I want to put a gender on it just because it, I'm sure a lot of people experience this, but I'll just, I'll just speak from the heart and for what's true to me. Yeah. Um, one, I have a really hard time and, I, and I'm transparent. My leadership team knows this all about me is that I have a hard time keeping people accountable. Like okay. I have a hard time having the tough conversations, firing somebody, meaning getting to that point. It's just terrible. Yeah. But I do. So I, but I don't, I don't really know if that's female. I think that might just be like a human thing. Like some people don't like tough conversations. Totally. Um, that's been always really challenging for me and it's gotten myself into huge situ like huge pickles. And I have no one to blame but myself because tough conversations are healthy to have. And I, and I'm well aware of that, but for whatever reason, I just have a hard time, um, you know, telling somebody when they're messing up. So okay. there's that. And then um, something that I don't know is really gender specific, but something that's just like a leadership challenge is retaining top talent right now. Mm -hmm. And um, that's been really, that's been really tough is paving out the path as a visionary, painting out the path for 2022 for my team and then constantly feeding them the vision to stay excited and stay motivated and, you know, to continue to have that hunger when, when my team wakes up, because I've always, 
I've always believed that, that, you know, if the, if the challenge isn't great enough, if, if the business isn't exciting and evolving, yep. well, then sure, people are going to, you know, leave. Mm-hmm. So that's been tough. I think just retaining top talent and keeping um, that excitement alive within the organization has been, has been challenging. Do you think that being, um, being a woman in business amplifies the challenge that those two things pose to any business owner? I really like how you worded that. I, I really do. I, I, I do think that being younger and I, I almost think that that's also been really challenging and I, and it could, you know, to be honest with you, it could just be my own self doubt sometimes, but I often will, I will think that I'm like, well, well, of course they're not like listening to me or they're not going to respect this decision or, or are they going to take me seriously or, or am I taken as serious as somebody that's twice my age? Yeah. You know, I, I, it's just like self-doubt that I have in my head. Why would somebody want to come here, like work here when there's like a young, like 20 some year old running the business and why wouldn't they want to work for somebody else? So I think I do have the, those self-doubts sometimes. For sure. Um, so yeah, definitely. I've thought all of those exact same things before. And I actually, I like how you started it by saying, I, I really resonate with the way that you started just the whole thing about like, you, you ask yourself, is this a gender thing or is this just a me thing? And I even think not that being normal, like I don't, whatever normal is, but I feel like that is in conversations that I've had with other female leaders, it is kind of normal to not know what, what that is because so many people talk about the differences between female leadership. And of course there are differences. Like we don't live in a world. I don't believe my perspectives that we don't live in a world where it's not, it's not the same because it, it isn't the same. It, it's very different. The set of challenges, it doesn't make it, I'm not going to say it's harder or worse or, or make it, you know, seem some, be something that it's not like I have a chip on my shoulder, but they're just, they're very different set of challenges. Uh, but for you even to sit back and be like, is this a female thing? Like, I'm not really sure. Cause it's just, it's just your life experience. It's your human experience being a leader in your twenties in this business. Uh, and maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But at the end of the day, I think what's cool about your story is like, you just, okay, maybe it's a me thing. Maybe it's a female thing. Regardless, you're making the decision to move forward and to cast a vision for your team and to keep figuring it out and keep trying to hire new people because it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. All that matters is wherever it is that you are going. So speaking of which, so the future, you just were named Forbes 30 under 30, an incredible accomplishment. Do you have a clear path for what you want the next five to 10 years to look like in your business and your personal life? Yeah, I think that um, AR and VR is something that I'm really, really excited about in the training space because safety is so, it's so real to me, you know, Um, safe, my husband's in the oil and gas industry. My dad was in the industry. Um, my little brother is so, so safety is so personal and so real to me. And so the reason why I'm excited about AR and VR is because we have the opportunity with new technology to bring to life a job site 
before an employee hits the field. You know, they're really able to experience and identify hazards from a classroom, experience the working conditions in a classroom, the stressors in a classroom before they hit the field. And so the more real life that you can make an experience, um, obvious, obviously, then, then the more memorable it'll be. And so when we're teaching techniques like for fall protection, confined space or lockout tag out, there's more, we have more of an opportunity and a chance that employees will actually retain something from that class and take it through with them um, during their, their employment of that job. So, so I definitely see us playing around in that space and having um, a world-class training facility that people fly into and this is where you go for your, your workplace um, training. So that's, that's our goal is to have the number one uh, workplace training facility in the world. This has been such a pleasure. I am so excited to be able to meet you hopefully soon in person. For the listeners, where can they go to find you and stalk you and figure out all the things for how they can work with your business? Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm on all the platforms. And ironically, Apollonia Rockwell, there's just one. There's just one. So I think think you'll be able to find me pretty easily. So it's Apollonia Rockwell on everything. That is awesome. Yeah, that that is a very unique name. So you guys are not going to have a hard time. I will also drop it in the description of the show so that you guys can have a fast link. Apollonia, thank you for being on the Workwoman podcast. And I look forward to talking to you very soon. Yeah. Talk with you soon. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Thank you.